0: Welcome to the Breakfast Show from London Studio. I hope the Sisari and have had a good week ahead. Um, Sangaji, you know, every week we try to bring some very inspirational guests that are doing some great work in the community that can talk to us about something that we can learn going forward. So, our guest in the studio with us today is Satbal Viji from Nanak Naam and the topic that we're going to be discussing today is a very important topic that we, you know, we all tend to struggle with, which is to do with grief and dealing with the loss of loved ones. So is here in the studio. I'm going to introduce him and we're going to be speaking around this topic to see how we can help Sardegeri viewers Hege, to go away from this show by learning something and, be, and being able to deal with this topic in the future and sharing it with our friends and family. Welcome, buddy. Lovely to have you back on The Breakfast Show.
1: Thank you for um, bringing me back on the show. I'm, I'm really pleased that um, we've chosen this specific subject today to talk about grief and dealing with the, the death of loved ones because it's something that I think all of us go through in Definitely. our life and w- very recently within, within uh, our own Pantha we've, we've, we've all experienced a great loss with the um, yeah. death of, of, of Paijigaraj Singh just in the last two weeks and what I'm seeing time and time again and people are approaching me is this idea of people saying I don't know how to say goodbye. I don't know how to yeah. deal with this. I'm not I'm I, a lot of people have known him personally mm-hmm. and a lot of people have just felt like they knew him personally because Singh was so influential and had such an impact on people all over the Indeed. world. So today although we're not going to be talking about any specific person or anything like that I think it's it's really important. I'm really thankful that you brought me on the show back again to talk about Grief and how are we supposed to deal with it? What are the ways in which we can help ourselves? Overcome some of these things and there are so many there are so many points that I wanted to go through today I've actually brought my notes so no, I, At times you might actually see me sort of glancing no, at my notes fine. because I think there are so many important points that we need to cover today That I'm really excited that we're going to be able to help as many people as we can mm. uh, I think one one thing that's going to be really important to acknowledge is that wherever possible, we want to try and keep things generic about the whole process of grief, but it's really important that we identify how sensitive a subject this really is. That's true. Um, and that you know, at any point, we don't want to trivialize anyone's grief, or we don't want anyone to feel like we're somehow um, not appreciating the depth of the grief that some people are in. So I, I, I want us to, to, to be quite clear how sensitive a subject this is, and hopefully with Guru's grace we can actually try and work through some of the solutions to help people. To
0: help our, people. And that's the thing, Bhaji, I think that's the most important thing that we need to do is try to help people because I myself, I found it very difficult. Talking about Jagarajabhaji, you know, one of the the first question that came to my head was, but how come it was Jagaraj Bhaji? Because he's such an inspirational person, selfless Sivadhar did nothing but good. You know, this kind of stuff went through my head. And yeah, I come from a family where, you know, my dad, you know, is an Amraddari. We've learned to do our part we We've learned about what good barney teaches us. So to totally understand that. But then do I understand it? Because this was my question. And I felt, um, you know, you feel it's your own... It is your family. We're a bānt, we're a family. And I felt this is somebody, this is my family member. Why? Yeah. So, you know, what you said is so important.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's really important that we identify that every single one of us have gone through grief in 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 some way or another and we all can identify with that pain we can all identify with how we coped with that and some of us are still dealing with these things you know you 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 find people who have lost a loved one maybe a few years ago and yet they're still grieving so today I, i really want us to focus on how do we go through that that process.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And so, from obviously, leading on from that, you know, my first question would, would be, what is grief?
1: If we look at the idea of grief, the concept of grief, most of the definitions of grief will talk about an intense sorrow, and specifically to do with the loss of a loved one. So, grief is something quite different to just being upset that somebody who you loved has passed away. Of course, we're all going to go through that. Everyone feels emotional at funerals, at time of death, when we have all of our closest loved ones, uh, closest relatives and friends come round. Um, we talk about off-source in, 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 in our culture, um, when people come round to acknowledge and talk about uh, the passing of a loved one. Um, grief is something quite distinct to that. Grief is this idea of this continuous sorrow, and emotional pain that we're going through. And it's important to recognize that different people grieve in different ways. And how people are affected by grief varies considerably. So some people will deal with grief in a very short period of time, and some people it'll take a really long time um, to overcome the emotional pain that they're going through. And some people never do at all. So grief is this idea that At some point you feel stuck, that you don't know how to carry on anymore with your emotional pain. The emotional pain just doesn't seem to go away. The memory of the loved one just doesn't seem to go away. So grief is this idea that you're no longer able, you're at a standstill. And specifically to do with the death of a loved one, uh, the term bereavement is used, which is the same idea that we don't know how to move past.
0: And that's true as well. We we don't know how to, and the you know like the options or the, the things that we try, we may be able to help, may be able to help us, but we tend to come back to actually, I'm back at square one. So how do I move on from this? Yeah. So you know, I guess you know, for me, the next thing that I'd like to do is why do we see so many people go through grief, especially when they lose their loved ones? And like, why is it that it's such an intense sorrow for some? But for some they, they can deal with it. What? Why is that and you know why do we see so many people going through this?
1: It's really interesting when we look at that particular scenario around people grieving in different ways one of the things we realize is how much have we expected the person to pass away. The expectation plays a very big role in that so I'll give you an example when we look at um, the death of an elderly member of our family. Maybe your grandmother, your great-grandparent, somebody who's 90, 95 years old. What is the language that we use? The kind of language, the kind of things that we say is they lived a long life, they lived a very happy, healthy life, Uh, they did lots of good things in their life, they had a lot of happiness. So the kind of language that we're using is we can understand that it was their time to go. Now. If somebody passes away in what we would say is an untimely manner, what we're really saying is their time wasn't ready and that's the kind of language that we use. It was too soon, it wasn't their time. We may talk about the unexpected death of a child um, or even the illness of a child or somebody who is perfectly healthy walking around one day and then the next day something um, suddenly happens, whatever it is, and, and they're no longer around. What's the kind of language that we use at that point? There the language is very much, it wasn't their time, this That's shouldn't it. have happened. So what we really see is the way that we deal with grief is really to do with how prepared we are for their death. And I think we're gonna go on to that later on in the show is as to how prepared we are for their death. Exactly. So our grief is really about, did we mentally prepare ourselves for the death of that person? Where the person was really old, we have already understood from a young age that you grow old and die. So we have this understanding that death comes when you're old. And so part of that means that we accept the death of an an elderly person very easily. The death of someone who has died too soon, we say say things like, that wasn't their time to go. And what we're really saying is, I haven't prepared for that death. I wasn't ready for that death,
0: but buddy, how can you like listening to you saying preparing yourself yeah. how can you actually prepare yourself because I mean I you know I speak to people from all different kinds of backgrounds, different ages and some people who are so much they're very strong yeah but even they have gone through a difficult time of you know preparing themselves or death just death they are not able to actually cope with it. How do you prepare yourself
1: so There are quite a lot of things that we can do to prepare for death. One of the most important things that we have to do is we have to acknowledge that what we're trying to deal with isn't the death of the loved one. What we have to deal with is our perception. So it is our thinking that needs to change, not the scenario that needs to change. In fact, the scenario can't be changed, can't be changed. Our thinking has to be changed. And when we think about the death of a loved one, in reality, let's, let's, let's try and sort of put this in some sort of context. Take the death of any specific person that you know who you loved. On that very day, you can understand and you can imagine that on that very day, there are probably all over the world several hundred people, if not several thousand people, who also died on that day. True. Yeah, just just think true. about that for yeah. a moment. On the day that your loved one died, on that same day several thousand other people also died. Why are you not grieving all of their oh, deaths? That's true. You're not grieving all of their deaths. That's true. And the reason is what we're grieving is not the loss of, of our loved one. What we're actually grieving is what we have lost. And this is a very interesting thing to try and understand. What you're grieving is not the person who's died but what you have lost by their death. When we we enter any relationship, what do we get out of that person? We get a lot of friendship, companionship. So that relationship, any relationship is really us gaining, and I'm not not trying to make this sound like every relationship is selfish. This is just the reality of what relationships are. You may have a person living on your very street that has passed away, but you never really spoke to them. Mm. You knew who they were, you said hello, you, you waved every every time you went past their their house, but you never really got to know that person. That person didn't really fill any void in your life. So really what we were doing with that person is that we, we were in a friendship with them, We were they were acquaintances, but we didn't really have a close relationship with them. We didn't gain anything. So when you're grieving, the loss of someone, you're grieving the loss of that companionship and so what you need to understand is my companionship is now empty. I'm now left with a state of emptiness and what you're actually grieving is I don't know what to do with this sense of emptiness that that person has left in my life. And, and, And I think that's a very fundamental difference to how do I deal with the fact that that person is gone. Well, it isn't about that person. It's actually about a sense of emptiness. And when you understand that there is an emptiness that you're trying to deal with, that can be dealt with. We can deal with that emptiness.
0: Okay, but how, how in what what shape or form can somebody deal with that emptiness? Because as an example, so I'll, I'll give you an example close t- to me, what's happened with me. You know, two years ago, I lost my mama, who was 50 years old. So not really, not obviously not really young, but not really old. But he was actually he was actually getting better. So for us, we prepared ourselves for he's going to get better and he's going to come out of hospital. We lost him really suddenly. And still to this day, if I look at my family member, so I look at my Marcy, you know, or I look at my mum, there's that struggle of, what in, that, well, that question of, you know, but remembering exactly what happened at that time, that actually he was getting better. Yeah. You know, having that last memory of, but he was getting better and all of a sudden he was taken away from us. Yeah. How do you you know fill that gap or be able to cope or deal with something like that what is it that we should be doing or should have done or could be doing now
1: so there are two things here that we need to think about one is about how did we prepare ourselves mentally which is something that you've already addressed which was we didn't no. and in that particular scenario we were preparing ourselves for them to get better yes and there is something very interesting about how modern society trains us to think about death. So what we might feel is a very natural response, a lot of the time people will think, well, surely death is is is, is meant to be sad. Like you have to have they do. <clears throat> you have to have this particular response. And what we call a normal response is in fact a conditioned response. We've been trained to think in a particular way. Now One of the ways that you can change that is how do you prepare in advance. The way that you prepare in advance is that you come to terms with the idea that every single person is going to die. Now, that might sound like a really strange thing to say. Everybody knows that we're going to die. We already know that. We say that, but we don't prepare that everybody is going to die, will die and can die at any moment. Now this is a really interesting thing, that we assume death has to happen later on in life. So we make an assumption that you have to think about death and old age together. Mm -hmm. Gurbani teaches us a different way of looking at this, which is that no, everyone is going to die, and we should rather assume the opposite. Let's assume that at any point, you or me or anybody is going to die. understand. And how do we prepare for that? There are several things that we can do. If you're grieving right now, there are several things that you can do. The number one thing that you need to do is to understand that what you're feeling is an emotion. And this emotion will pass. And I think that's a very important lesson for most people. Whatever you're feeling right now, even though it's the death of your uncle, and it was only a few years ago, this emotion that you're feeling, know right now that that emotion is temporary.
0: Well, and it definitely will pass. Is that something? Completely. Okay. It,
1: this, no emotion is going to last forever. Okay. That emotion will pass. So the first thing we need to acknowledge is that you are on a process. And this is something that we don't really acknowledge with grieving that actually modern psychology does very well. We think about grief as a state of mind, that I'm, I'm grieving the loss of my, my uncle, I'm grieving the loss of my loved one, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do about it. Psychology actually says that grieving is a process, and that process means that you're going to come out the other end fine. Okay. So you need to understand, and we all need to understand, that if you're grieving right now, that there is a process and you're going to be coming to the other, other end of it. So you already know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Now we don't really understand grieving in any real deep depth, so we don't really know what to do with it. So I can't turn around and say, well, just stop suffering. And say, well, I can't really do that. What what do you mean, just stop suffering? So we need to understand our very process of suffering, we need to understand it a little bit more. Suffering is directly related to how much we are resisting a scenario. Okay. So when you say that you're grieving, What you're really saying is I'm not willing to accept that they died. Right. Okay, so it's
0: within ourselves. You're resisting. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, I can't say to you, stop suffering. But I can say to you, why don't you try to resist less?
0: Okay, and that means, what does that resisting less mean? If you could elaborate on that.
1: So, resistance is that within my mind, I'm not willing to accept this scenario. Okay. So, something has happened what is my resistance? My resistance is saying it shouldn't have happened. Why did it happen? Why did it happen to me? Why did it happen to him? He was such a good person. So your, your, your very mindset is saying, no, I'm not happy with this right now. This isn't, this isn't right in some way. This is wrong. So by, by, by constantly engaging in that way of thinking is what I mean by resistance. You're resisting what has actually happened. Now you have a choice. You can choose to respond in a different way right. and that response is, okay, this resistance isn't actually helping me, that person has passed away. That's happened. I can't change that scenario, right? We can't no, we change can't, that. No. Can I change my response? Y- you can. And this is the interesting thing is that your response is causing your grief. How I'm choosing to look at this scenario is causing my suffering is there a different way of looking at this? Can I actually say, okay, let me just take a moment to sit back and think, that's happened, that's fine. What can I do about it? I can't do anything about it. No. Do I need to look at this as a negative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and th- we're, we're gonna go through a lot of things today, so we, we'll, we'll look at some of these ideas about, okay. is it positive, is it negative? Can I choose to look at it in one way or another? Yes.
0: And Baji, you know another question, very big question that I've got. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people say, and again, in the Sikh community, I find this a lot, and Gurbani obviously doesn't, does tell us to accept death and how to deal with it. Why do good people that do so much when it seems like, especially now, like I, I hear a lot of, it's Galjog, a lot of people are doing bad things, they're doing this, but it's the good people that go, why? That's the question. Why, why, why do good people go before in their mind is their perception? Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? I think
1: that's a really interesting thing to talk about. And the reality of it is that there is no answer to why do good people go? Why did the, why did the bad people seem to get everything that they want? And the people that are doing a lot of good things, why are they, why are they taken away from us too early? And again, it comes comes down to expectation. Our expectation is that the world is full of good people and the bad people should be less. Our expectation is that the good people should be allowed to thrive. So what we're doing is, I would would throw that question back to you, is why do you expect anything different? Why are you expecting that reality, nature, life, has to go according to how you think life has to go Fair enough. and there's yeah. a very big part of and and you, and you said that gurbani teaches us to accept hukam what do we mean by that what does hukam mean well we, this
0: is it exactly so tell us Why do you i want think
1: to? it's sometimes useful to take <laughs> words from gurbani and actually break them down into more yes, simpler please. easier words the way i translate hukam is reality
0: Okay.
1: reality means that this is happening just take a moment to process that. This is happening or this has happened. Okay. That's a fact. Now how you choose to view that reality, how you choose to engage with the, that reality, and how you choose to deal with that reality is now all to do with you. The reality is the reality. The hookum is the hookum. It is what it is. A very simple analogy that I can that I can think of when we talk about hukum is imagine a fish swimming along with the stream. Okay. A fish who's swimming along with the stream has no issues. The stream is going a particular way and the fish is just saying, I'm just going to go in this direction, I don't have a problem. Right. Now there's the other fish who says, all the river is flowing this way, but I'm going to flow in the opposite direction. Okay. Now if you choose to flow in the opposite direction, can you then blame the stream for being no. difficult? No. You're choosing to make this path a very difficult one. True. And, the, the, and, and, and I think it, it, it comes down to, at some point, there's a sense of personal responsibility that you have to take, which is that, I am choosing my response. And I, I know that sounds really daft, and that might even sound really harsh to some people, which is, what do you mean I'm choosing my response? My friend, my, my husband, my child was taken away from me. How am I choosing? Why, why shouldn't I react in this particular way?
0: I understand. So this is, yeah, because this is the way that we would automatically think. But you're saying it from the perspective of that's going to help somebody to deal with it.
1: And I think this is a really interesting, this isn't about right or wrong. And I think we have to make this point really clear. We're not saying that your reaction is wrong or right. No. What I'm almost saying is for a moment, let's think about, is this helping you? Is this helpful to you or is this harmful to you? And then you might go away and you think, Actually, I'm not doing too well right now. This response that I'm having, and and, and remember, the the issue is your response. The issue isn't the fact that your loved one has has died. No. That isn't the problem. The problem is, because we've already said that thousands of people die every day. The problem is, I don't know how to deal with this. My reaction is the issue here.
0: No, it makes sense. Apaji, we've got one minute before we go for break. Um, and obviously I know that, you know, we want the Sangat to call in as well yes. after the break. So um just want to say, Sanghaji, if you have any questions as well, after the break, please make sure that you do call, call in on 0208- 5731717 and again saga is there's no right or wrong answer you know we're here just having a discussion being able to help being able for the Sangha to see how they can maybe deal with grief or losing a loved one because we all know it is very difficult for a lot of us you know even if we are on the path and we are following Hukum, it can be difficult so please if you have any questions please do call us once again the number is 573-1717. 1717 after the break and um, please join us then when we'll be joining Bhaji again on other questions that we can help the Sangha to be able to deal with this topic, Vaigurji ka Fateh. ka Welcome back Ji, after the break. Um, if you have just joined us, we have Satbal Viji from Nanak Naam here who's talking to us about the topic on grief and dealing with the loss of loved ones. Um, before I go back to Bhaji and we continue the discussion, um, I just, as I always do every week, I always have a thought of the day. The one that I have today is actually very relevant to this topic. God is the support of the unsupported by Guru Ajandevji, Ang 1137. Um, Baji, you know, welcome back obviously after the break. Um, just, you know, this thought of the day, God is the support of the unsupported. It couldn't be a better picked one, really, for the topic that we're, that we're discussing, which then leads on to you know the question that I wanted to ask you, how can the Guru's philosophy help us in the grieving process?
1: I think that's a very important question. We need to understand that, from what I've, from what I've, I've looked at and what I've researched, I think Gurbani helps us in two, two distinct ways around grief. One is that Gurbani helps us how to avoid grief in the first place, and secondly, if we're dealing with grief, Gurbani shows us how to actually deal with grief. So one is to avoid grief. And let's, let's start with that. Let's start, yes. Um, Gurbani, first and foremost, on a daily basis, tries to normalize death. What I mean by that is in society, we are almost trained to not talk about death, to not acknowledge it. Everybody knows that they're going to die, but you don't really need to talk about it. We have almost a bad habit in... Uh, even in Punjabi culture, like your parents might say, oh, don't talk about death. They do. Almost as though they're saying, if you talk about death too much, you're going to invite death. Gurbani doesn't do that. Okay. What Gurbani actually yeah. does is that talks about it talks about death. If we look at our Nithanim, mm. even in the Nithanim Bhania, in all three sections, in the morning, in the evening and at night, we are reminded about death. So death is something that actually becomes a part of our daily thought process and our daily Um, thinking, our our daily kind of conversation is around death. So if we look at the Shabads, for example, like um, in Jabjisab, Sahib, it talks about kinta It actually says, wear a cloak of death. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is actually saying to you, on a daily basis, just as you wear your clothes, wear a reminder that death is is hanging over you. Like That's a coat that you should wear every day. Interesting. In Anand Sahib in the morning, it says about, Kutam na So in Anand Sahib, and this is one of the morning prayers, it actually says, why haven't you recognized that this family is not going to go with you? So imagine every day in your, in your morning meditation, in your morning affirmations, you're saying to yourself, my family is not permanent. So Gurbani tries to deal with this idea that we're not permanent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important thing. So we're talking about how does Gurbani help you avoid the grieving process when it happens, because it's definitely going to happen. Death is definitely going to happen, but grief is avoidable. Grief is a choice.
0: And, and how can we you know, use the Guru's philosophy or our Bani to help us deal with that grief? Because some people may not necessarily be able to like they may not be doing their part they may not be able to read Punjabi they may not understand it so for them what you've just said now is so relevant that you've made it quite clear every day Bani talks about it so you know what can those people do that maybe may not necessarily understand it but use the Gurbani or even Simran something that could help to deal with you know that feeling of grief
1: so I think what we're doing here is is we need to be very clear about what is the purpose of Gurbani what is Gurbani trying to do And Gurbani, first and foremost, is trying to change our thinking. That's the point of Gurbani, is that it's trying to give us a new way of looking at life and a new way of dealing with life. So let's look at how we talk about death in English, and then how does Gurbani talk about death? Okay. So in English, what do we say? There's a really interesting word that we use when we experience the death of a loved one. What do we say? We say we've lost Our loved one, yeah? I've lost my uncle, I've lost my father, I've lost this. That's a really interesting word. When you say lost, what do you mean? So if if you say to me, I've lost my phone, yeah? If you say to me, I've lost my phone, what you mean is the phone belonged to me, it was mine, and I planned to keep it for quite some time, it was my phone. And this is the same language that we use with our loved ones. I lost my father. And what I mean by that is I don't... I don't expect to lose him in fact he's mine he belongs to me Gurbani changes this thinking drastically Gurbani doesn't ever use this idea that you owned that item and when we talk about and I think it, people might think I'm just using semantics and just talking about language actually this language plays a very big part about how we think and Gurbani the word Barney is the Guru's language we have to adopt the Guru's language so we don't ever use the words like I've lost my loved one, no. because what we're saying is that le- loved one never belonged to you in the first place. And this is such a key message in Gurbani that the Guru tries to make you aware that this never belongs no, to you true. in the first place. There's a really interesting Shabd that I actually want to read out please, by yes. Guru Arjan Dev Ji yeah, that talks about this exact idea. So this is a Shabd, a uh, Gauri Mahala Panjwara, Gauri um, Mahala the fifth Guru Guru, Arjan Dev Ji. says, Kaki Mai, Kaki Bab, Kaku Bab. Whose mother is this? Whose father is this? Nam Tarieke Chute They are relatives only by name. All relatives are false. Let's think about this. That's true. Very deep. What do we say? We say this is my mother, and we just instinctively think that's that's who she is. She belongs to me. I belong to her. We've had years of of a relationship together, and. I've learned a lot from her, and she's given a lot to me, and I've given a lot to her. So what we do is we've created an association, but just for a moment, stand back and think, is that person in any way connected to you in reality? They are a complete, distinct, separate person who has their own life story, they have their own background, they have their own aspirations and their own thinking processes, and then there's you. So you may have even created this relationship because you're saying, well, I came from this person, like I grew in my mother's womb. But in reality, as soon as you're born, that separation is gone. You're not connected to that person. And this is what Guruji is trying to say in this Shabad. So Guruji starts by asking this question, who is this mother? Who is this father? And, and, and other Shabads talk about where have they gone? They died, where, where did they go? And it's about changing our way of thinking, well, well, maybe they were never mine to begin with. So Guruji goes on to say, Why are you screaming and shouting? And Guruji, sometimes Gurbani uses uh, almost a very parental-like telling off for, for, for us. For us. When, when, when we continue to mourn the death of our loved one, Guruji takes a little bit of a harsh approach, okay. kind of like a parent that's, Trying to remind a child who keeps making the same mistake again and again, the parent—how's the parent going to react? Firstly, they're going to be loving and explaining it to you. But if the child keeps making the same mistake, sometimes the parent has to be a little bit strong and say, "Okay, you need to just stop this now." Yes. So that Guruji yeah. uses the word here, "murak," saying, "Aren't you being a little bit foolish? Okay. Why do you keep doing this? By, by hukam, by your hukam, you were born into this family." and you came into this world, this this relation is actually nothing to do with you. So you didn't create this relationship, you didn't choose this relationship, it was just something that happened to you. Guruji says that we are all one clay in one light, that all of us are essentially just puppets made out of this one clay, like your body is no different to my body, Your, your flesh is no different to my flesh, your bones are no different to my bones. And and they don't belong to you, they don't belong to me. Did you create your bones? Did you create your organs? No. And we can go back and think, actually, let's let's not think about the other person that's died. What am I? I'm not, I'm not this body, I didn't create this body, I didn't create any of this. And Guruji says, one breath of life has been put into all of us. So who are you crying for? Now, this is a very interesting idea. Guruji goes on to says, Mera mera kar billahi. Everyone is dying because they're saying, mine, mine, this is mine. I lost my father, I lost my child. And Guruji is really saying, let's have a think about this. What, were they ever yours? So Guruji then goes on to says, life energy never dies. And now this is a fascinating idea, and the Guruji is trying to convey to us, you know when we think that someone has died, what has actually died? If you think about in the Western cultures, the body of that person is still there. They just bury the body and they put it in the ground. So that's still there. What is it that's died? It's this life energy that's left them. Well, there's a way of thinking about that. And and you've you've sort of hinted at this question quite a few times. How do I deal with this this idea? Well, the way that we think of life and the loss of life is we think they have vanished. They've disappeared. Guruji is actually saying life never dies. So what that means is the life that was in your uncle, your grandmother, your child, your friend, your lover, that life is actually still here.
0: Right. That is
1: actually all around us all the times. So that life energy, that same life energy is in the, the trees. That life energy is in the breeze, it's in the sun, it's in the stars, in the moon, in the birds, in the grass. You can actually connect with the aliveness of that person by acknowledging that that aliveness is still, still here. And in fact, that aliveness is what you breathe in. Yes. I'm breathing in life energy all the time. That's why I'm still alive, because yes. I'm breathing. This life energy is keeping me alive. That aliveness never actually leaves you. And so that's a very fundamental way to actually help us heal in this process.
0: And. Bhaji, listening to that, it is, because this is something that we're not necessarily aware of, which is no. why we end up, you know, we, we have that attachment. This is another thing. We have the attachment, we have the expectation, whereas Barney tries to, I guess, prepare you to not have that attachment by saying, well, nothing is yours anyway. Ultimately, it's not. So that's really important way of looking at it. And it's a very positive because we tend to think of it in a negative, but Absolutely. you've turned it into a positive to yeah. think actually it exists in a tree, or it exists here, you know, so that, that's really brilliant to know. So thank you for sharing that. But then, you know, the other thing I'd like to know is, Gurbani seems to suggest, though, that Nam is the solution, like, to our suffering. So could you please explain, like, how does that work? Because Nam is very important.
1: I think that's a fundamental question. First and foremost, we have to understand that Nam. Is much more than Mantar. Gurbani has used the word Naam a lot more than Mantar, but when we think about Naam, we think about just saying a word.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah?
1: We do. We That's do. Mantar. Gurbani is talking about Naam, which is actually a far greater concept.
0: Okay, so on that, Naam is one thing which I've always thought is Simran. Yes. Mantar is... See, so if mantar, we the word mantra
1: of... means to recite a word again and again. That's literally what the okay, word mantra okay. means. Gurbani places a lot of emphasis on doing mantr, but Naam doesn't end with just mantr. Naam ends with an awareness of hukam. So, what's really interesting is if you look at the Japji Sahib, which we can argue is is the most fundamental ideas of Sikhi and the concepts of the Guru all sort of wrapped into one Bani. In the beginning of Japji Sahib, This emphasis on hukam is so strong that we actually skip past it too quickly when we're reading our Japji Sahib. We don't really spend enough time trying to understand it. And we'll notice as as you you read more Gurbani, you realize that Naam and hukam are actually used interchangeably. So when Guru, Guru says that Naam is the solution, Guru means that you have to be aware of what is going on in reality. Okay. That's what Naam Simran does to us. Nam Simran is a very useful practice. Before I go into that, I really want to go through how does normal society deal with this? Yeah, please. Do. Now, let, let's, talk let's, talk about, yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. The grieving process that we talked about earlier on in the show is a five-step process that modern psychology talks about.
0: Right. Okay. So
1: modern psychology says that there are. Five things, five stages that we go through okay. when, when we lose a loved one. The first thing that we go through is denial. So as soon as somebody passes away, you don't allow yourself to have an emotion. You keep yourself busy with the funeral arrangements and all the family that are visiting you. And you say, I'm okay, I'm okay. So that's the first thing that we do is that we actually have this sense of denial. And What we're doing there straight away is we're we're, we're creating a fear of dealing with the real emotion that 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 this pain of this emotional pain pain that we're feeling. So the first thing is denial. Then it goes on to anger. Okay. So people who lose a loved one, they actually have this feeling of anger. I'm really angry. Why did you have to go? Why did you leave me? You know, I was just about to get married. You should have been there. Or I've just had my young child. You should be there to support me. So, so people go through anger. Yeah. Then they go through a stage called bargaining. And these are the stages in, in sort of modern psychology, which is yeah. that we, 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 we resolve to, to prayer oh, God, don't, don't, don't let this happen. Let me change it somehow.
0: Yeah, we then, look to God to.
1: Then we it. go through depression which is that we realize we can't actually do anything about it. And depression is really interesting because what that means is at some point you realize that I don't have any control, I can't change this scenario. The final step is acceptance.
0: Okay.
1: The final step is acceptance. So you go through this five-step process and acceptance is what we call hukam. Now Guruji starts with acceptance and says before the death happens, prepare for it. Right. And so our method is not leaving acceptance right to the end. What we actually do is we accept before it happens. And I'll give you a very personal and very practical example of what I actually do. One of the things that I do in my daily life is when I leave my house and leave the children and my wife behind, if I'm dropping my children to school, if I'm saying goodbye to my wife as she goes to work, one of the things that I do is that I acknowledge within my mind every day, that could be the last time I see them. Okay. So I drop my children to school and say goodbye and have a nice day and I walk away and I remind myself that could be the last time I see them. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing? A lot of people will say, that's a very morbid way of thinking. Well, it isn't actually a morbid way of thinking. The morbid way of thinking is having utter grief at the end when it actually does happen. This is actually a very healthy and very practical way of dealing. When I wake up in the morning, every day I acknowledge this could be my last day, today. I prepare myself that I could die. If I say that every single day, today could be the day I die, you know what? One day that's actually going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Don't assume you're going to live till you're a hundred years old. Every day I could die today. And this is a very healthy, practical way of saying I'm preparing and I'm willing to accept hukam no matter what. Now, it'll be nice if I don't die today. It'll be nice if my wife and children don't die today. But I'm not going to hold on to that idea, please don't let them die. Understand. And this is what we do. Yes. Please don't let them die today. Please don't let them die tomorrow. The reality is I'm not going to hold on to either of that, that, that way of thinking. I'm actually going to say they could die today and I'm going to prepare now. Yes. If they don't die today, that's a bonus. But if they do die today, I've already dealt with their death. So their death has already happened to me. I'm going to deal with that emotion now and do that with every person. Yes. Don't assume. Look, the reality is we can't assume that we even have the next breath. Yeah. That's a real reality. And we can say, yeah, that's true. That's true. But how true have we made that? Like when we breathe, are you okay when you breathe in that you might not breathe out? Are you okay with that?
0: No, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And and you have
1: to be okay with that. So, meditation and Naam Simran is a daily practice that I am going to die and make Naam Simran a death. Okay. Now, now what do I mean by that?
0: Yeah, because when you're saying Naam Simran, I'm thinking of just doing your Simran. So, if you could elaborate on that, of what we need to do to help us.
1: Right. Gurbani says, die into Naam. Okay. Gurbani says, die into the Shabad. And what that's saying is, do Naam Simran in such a way, not that I'm trying to call God no. or I'm trying to remember God, okay. do Naam Simran to die. Okay. Do, do Naam Simran to the, to the point at which all you're acknowledging is life is here and I am an insignificant part of life.
0: Okay, yeah, and, I understand. And, yeah.
1: One, way, one of the ways I like to think about Naam Simran is Naam means Na-meh. Okay. I am not. I am not.
0: Okay.
1: I am not. So the whole purpose of Naam Simran isn't to say, God make me feel better. No. God, I, I want to see you. The whole point of Naam Simran is you are here and I don't need to be here. In fact, I'm not here. In fact, this body isn't me. One of the words that Gurbani uses, Gurbani says that we are all walking corpses. Right. When do we ever see ourselves in that way? What do we mean by that? Gurbani says, you are a body mm-hmm. within which life has been put in. And what do we say? This is my body. We this do. is my life. Yeah, Gurbani says, don't use that language. Okay. Gurbani says, this is a body and life has been put in and we don't know when life is going to be taken out. Yeah. Do nam Simran in such a way that acknowledges life as the most important thing, not you as the most important thing, to the point at which you can become so comfortable yes. with the idea look, Nam Simran is a bit of a death, Yeah. right? When you wake up early in the morning, that's like a time when everyone says, I don't want to wake up in the morning, my life is too important, my sleep is too important. The Gursik actually says, my life is not important. Acknowledging the greatness of the universe is more important. So it's kind of like a death, like you wake up first thing in the morning, what I mean by death is that you don't really care about your own needs and wants. Right. Kirtan Sohila, very interesting, at the end of the day, we read a Bani that is supposed to be read when somebody dies. We read that every night. We do, yes. So what we're doing is every night we go to sleep acknowledging, I'm going to die and I'm okay with my death. We normalize death to such a point. Let's, let's take Kabir ji. Kabir ji takes death to one step further. He says, Which, and
0: that means? He
1: says, I want to die. Okay. I'm looking forward to death. Kabir ji also says, te jag, dag, mere man anand. That death that everybody is so afraid of, oh. I find bliss in that. Okay. So Naam Simran has one purpose alone for you to die. So you're meditating that you, 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 you are so great. Okay. It's not, that's nothing to do with me. I'm not important. So this is the whole purpose of Naam Simran is that we create such a comfort with our death that death is no longer something that we're shying away from. Yes. Death is not something that we're afraid of. So this is the language of the Gursikhs. And this mm. is why I think, you know, when normal people talk about death, they talk about loss and pain. Gursikhs don't talk like that. And we see great examples where Gursikhs have lost loved ones and they're using the Guru's bani. they're using the Guru's language, which is that this is fine, mm. this is hukam. Didn't we know this was going to happen?
0: Yeah, do you know what, Baji, that's been so insightful and really informative like for, for myself and for the viewers because you've just, for me, what I gauge from that is attachment, really. We shouldn't have that attachment yes. and we should obviously wake up every morning to have that acceptance of this is our last day. Yeah. But we've got a few minutes until we wrap up for the show. Time goes by so quickly. Um, is there anything more that you would like to say to the viewers on this
1: topic? So, one of the things that I think we have to understand is that grieving is a process by which we need to try and heal ourselves. What are the ways that we can use to heal ourselves? I think the traditions that we have when a person dies within within Sikhi are actually very useful for our healing process. So what we do is rather than everybody coming to our house when one of our, our family members has died, rather than everyone coming and just doing of source. Of source is very much a Punjabi tradition, is. which is that I'm going to sit here and talk about how terrible the idea of, of this death is. The, the Gursik tradition is actually, no, we're just going to sit and listen to Pani, Bani. So, what we do is we start a sage part straight away. We start reading Gurbani every, every day. So, the people who come visit our house, we say, don't come and sit with us, sit with the Guru. So, you start learning. That's a very healing, very therapeutic okay. process. So, Sangat, we start singing together, yes. we start singing songs of death. Guru Granth Sahib Ji is full of songs and shabads which are reminding us death is coming, be comfortable with death, so it's a very healing process. The cremation process is also very healing. We actually end by cremating the body, so we don't create an attachment to the body. We yeah. say, thank you for being here, but we're going to say goodbye to you. So there's a lot of healing in Gurbani, and there's a lot of healing in Sangat. In sangha. Use those to help you heal.
0: Thank you, Paji. And really quickly, if you could give your website address or contact details if anybody wants to get in touch with you or has any questions.
1: So I represent an organization called Nanak Naam. It's a small Gurbani based charity that helps deal specifically with mental health issues, with issues around meditation. It's a meditation and a mental health charity. And we are at nanaknam.org. Okay. That is a website. We're also on Facebook, Nanaknam, and on YouTube. Okay. So we've got hundreds of videos dealing with this specific yeah. area. So thank you very much for allowing thank me you, to as be well. on the show. Thank, thank you so, you so much.
0: much. God bless you. Sangatji, I hope the CV you enjoy Kitta Siga, you know, hearing you know, about the topic, but also that Bhaji is available. If you need to contact him, go to his website for any questions that you may have. Um, next week, we have basics of Sikhi, Seeradads coming on, so please do tune in. Have a very good week ahead. Uh, bless you all to be in Chardi Kala. Um, and if there's any wrong, please forgive me. you Ji Ka Why you Ki